Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Open your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, just raise your hand real quick and we'd love to come bring you one that you can either borrow or keep our gift to you. Also, if you go to the Bible app and you click on events in the more tab, the notes for this message will be available. There is a video and a picture. Those won't be available, but everything else will be available there for you. If you're watching online, we're so glad you're here. Hope you're being safe. And I'm glad you guys are here as we continue in our series, What's Your Story? Where we're talking about the story of us but not just the story of us, but how Jesus fits in our story because Jesus doesn't just want to be a part of our story. He wants to be the center of our story. And I don't know if some of you guys noticed as you were coming in, there was a big white block that said, what's your story on that? That's just something that we thought would be great for some of you guys to write your story. Because I think for some of us, it's hard to start telling our story until maybe we get it on paper. That you've been going, well, what is my story? And so we just want to challenge you. You don't have to put your name. Just put a brief story of what is your story. And that because we all love hearing good stories. I love hearing good stories. I mean, I love hearing stories like origin stories, vulnerability stories, and stories of value. And when I think of stories of value, I can't like not think of shows like, do you guys remember the show Storage Wars? Or, or like American Pickers? Like those, I mean, those shows were so great. I, I really love Storage Wars. Like I loved it a little too much. Like I watched it like a lot. And, they, and it was the same thing over and over again. They'd go to a thing, they'd open it up. The music was great. Like, bomb. they're like, what is that? I want that. And you know, they would bid and the, the number would go higher and higher. And there was that guy in the background going, yup. And, and it was just over and over again. And then sometimes they would have something that was of value. And then sometimes it didn't have value. And then American Pickers, the same thing. They'd find things that looked like trash, but then they would take it to someone and they would find value in it. And these shows made me think about the classic, the original show, Antique Roadshow which was a show that started in Britain and it was called Antiques Roadshow and it started in 1979. And then in 1997, America had their own version. And if you haven't seen Antique Roadshow, what it was is that people would bring in uh, antiques to be appraised and they would be appraised by experts who would show you the ownership, the history and the value of the items that they would be discussed. And what I love about this story and the episodes I've seen, it was, it was so great to see people's reactions on the worth of their item. Because they always thought that their item was worth one amount, but it was actually worth a totally different amount. It's kind of like this story I want to show you guys real quick. It's a mobile by Alexander Calder, and Calder gave it to my aunt. And this was originally given to your aunt in 1958. Yes. That this probably, as far as the actual date of construction, dates a little bit earlier than 1958. Oh, yes. I think it's early 40s was a guess. It's made on very thin wire, and then these are usually either aluminum or an anodized weather-resistant material yeah. that it slipped in and then very delicately soldered. I know that earlier 
back in the late 80s or 90s, you had an approximate value of what it was worth? The man who restored it said at least $30,000. It, it's gained a little bit in value since then. We worked on the values to somewhat of a, a consensus, and it still needs to be validated. Based upon that, a fair auction value, the range is somewhere between $400,000 and $600,000. How much? $400,000 to $600,000 at auction as somewhat of a wholesale price. Right now, Alexander Caller's Market is extremely hot, and in a good retail setting, it would not be at all inconceivable that this very small, wonderful piece of art could probably break $1 million. I'm sure your husband, who was watching off camera, will be equally, uh, <laughs> equally happy with the good news. Oh, I think so. <laughs> That's great. Okay, I love art. I think art's great. But let's get real, real quick. If you saw that in your house, you wouldn't be like, we gotta take this to Antiques Roadshow. Like, I just moved into a house in September, and you know, it's always fun to move into someone's you know, house that someone else lived in, uh, because they always leave stuff. And if they, if they left this in the basement, I wouldn't be like, we're going to Antique Roadshow. I'd be like, throw it away. It's <laughs> like their kid probably made it. Like, come on. Like, but it's so interesting to see something like that. And I loved, and you, I loved that you guys laughed at it, that when she was like, I think it's worth $30,000, but you could tell she was going to be, she was like waiting for the person to be like, $30,000, what is wrong with you? No, it's maybe 200 bucks. Like she thought like he's going to stay lower, but she was kind of like, I was told $30,000. And when she was told double, you saw it, like she kind of like went back a little bit. But the thing I loved was the end of that video because they updated it again. And last year it's worth Somewhere, I mean, between like 800000 to $2 million for something that, in my, just in my opinion, looked like trash. <laughs> like it just looked like junk. But it's interesting that when you take something like that and put it in the hand of experts, how they'll find value in something you didn't think there was value in. And I think the same goes with our pain. That we want to hide our pain. We want to forget about our pain. We want to forget about the things that we've done or the things we've experienced or the, 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 the shortcomings we may have because we don't think there's no value in it. We think it's junk. It's, we think it's something that we shouldn't be talking about. But what I love is when we put our pain in God's hands, he can bring more value to you than is possible. And I want to talk about that in a message I'm calling, your pain is your platform. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. And Lord, I pray this would be more than a good word. But Lord, this would be a word that would cause people to start living in the freedom you have for them. That when they look about their shortcomings, their pains, their insecurities, their hurts, their pasts, that they wouldn't look at it as something insignificant. But Lord, something you want to bring to light. So not only will it transform their lives, but it can transform the lives of others. Be with us during this time, in Jesus' name, amen. So what is pain? Pain is a complex experience consisting of a physiological and psychological response to a noxious stimulus. Pain is a warning mechanism that protects an organism by influencing it to withdraw from harmful stimuli, which is primarily associated with injury or the threat of injury. And pain has so many different degrees of it. Hence why when you go to the doctor's office or the hospital for pain, they'll show you something like this, a pain chart, where they want you to guess like where your pain's at, which is always fun, right? 
It's like in your head, you're like, you know, your arms cut off and you're like, I think I'm a three. And they're like, really? Or like, maybe you take your kid and they, they stub their toe and they're like, what is it? Like, it's 11, it's 11 and a half. Like it's hard to really gauge the pain, but they know because pain has so many measures and so many things with it. And pain isn't just physical either. We found that pain is emotional, mental, and spiritual. And we live in a society where when it comes to pain, the biggest thing we want to do is we don't want to reveal it. We don't want it to come to light. We want to hide it. We want to numb it. We want it to just kind of be in the background and not a part of our lives. That's why we have medications after medications. And I'm not against medication. Trust me. I woke up with back pain and I went to aspirin and prayer but aspirin too. So there's nothing wrong with it, but that cannot be the focal thing because sometimes when we just go to numbing it, we can go from complaining about our pain to just coping with it. So how do we go from not coping? Not, not only not coping, but also making it a part of our story. How can we take something that we're embarrassed by, something that has hurt us, something that even right now, as I bring up your past, you, you're getting angry, you're getting embarrassed, you're getting sad. How can I bring this to light and make it a part of our story? Well, I think that's where uh, Paul talks about in Romans 5, where he's talking to believers in Rome how to go through their pain or what he writes as suffering. So if you have your Bible, we're going to go in verse one of Romans five, where it says this, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the first thing that kind of grabs my attention when I look at this scripture is the word therefore. Because like I said last week, it's important to read things in context. So the word therefore is there for us to bring any information we read previous. And if you read in the book of Romans, you'll see that Paul's discussed that our sins have been forgiven in Romans 4, verses 7 and 8. Our guilt has been removed, Romans 4, 25, and we have been made right with God so that we have all this knowledge and understanding of that coming in. And not only that, not only that has nothing separate us from God, but then verse 2 of Romans 5 says that we have access to God because of grace. We talked about grace last week. It's unmerited favor. It's a gift of God. We can't earn it. So we can go to him for anything. And we can boast, meaning we can be joyful of the hope of God because he has a plan for us. So I don't know about you, but just that alone is a lot of good news. It's a lot of good things that we get to take with us that because of our faith with Jesus, we have access to all these wonderful things that we can now bring into our pain. Because you have to understand, when it comes to pain, God did not create your pain, but he wants to be the center of your pain. And he doesn't want you just to live in your pain. He wants you to move through your pain. Verse three, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. Glory meaning we're joyful in our suffering because we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. So if you're taking notes, there's three things that really stuck out to me in this verse. 
that I think will make our pain our platform. Meaning three things that will help us bring our pain to the surface and make it a part of our story. If you're taking notes, number one is this, that platform of perseverance. So perseverance in the Greek is the word hypome, which means to have endurance to stand firm. Why? Because when we endure and not try to avoid, not try to push it aside, not try to hide it, when we endure and stand through our suffering, which the word suffering is the word phyphilis, or kind of sounds like I'm not saying it right, syphilis. Anyways, that word for the word suffering is to be pressed down, but not pressed down to hide, pressed down in a way to create something out of it. I mean, it's kind of like when an olive becomes olive oil or when a grape becomes wine, that there's this pressing that happens to create something you didn't think was possible. I mean, imagine people before olives became olive oil. They're like, it's just an olive. Or before grape was turned into wine. I mean, did people actually know it could do that? And the same happens with our pain. God wants to give you perseverance to stand firm. Even the, the, the scholars believe that that word means to stand firm is in a way it's like you could see it happening. You can see what's being produced out of your pain. That sometimes there's going to be things that happen that you go, I don't like that, but now I see why God did that. Now I can see what is being produced out of it. And he gives us the endurance. He gives us the ability to persevere when things are being pressed, when things are coming out. In a way, he'll, he'll give us the same testimony that Joseph has in Genesis 50, verse 20. And this verse is, is coming right after Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. And then while he's in slavery, he goes to trial after trial. He gets accused of things he didn't do. Didn't do. But the Bible says that God is with him the entire time. And he gets to a place where he goes from being a slave to second in command over everything. And then we find out in this Bible that, that, that you know, the brothers get to see Joseph and they're, they're happy that he's like not a slave anymore, but there's a part of him like, oh man, this doesn't look good for us. In, in fact, the scriptures show that after Joseph's dad dies, they panic and they're like, we're in trouble. Like he's definitely gonna kill us now. Like our heads are all gonna be cut off like at the same time. Like they were probably so nervous. In fact, the scripture says they get on their knees and they beg Joseph for forgiveness. Like, please, please forgive us. And verse 20 of Genesis uh, 50 says, this is Joseph's response to that. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position to stand firm so that I could see the lives being saved by many people. See, he said, yes, yes, this was not easy. This was not, wasn't a a walk in the park, but now I see why God put me in this position so that I could see the lives of many people be saved. I know my pain is my platform because God will help me with perseverance in my pain. And that perseverance will produce, number two, the platform of character. The word character in the Greek is the word dokame, which means to be tested and approved. I was always told that the, the, the definition of character is who you are when no one is looking. That your character comes out when no one is looking. So essentially God is wanting the real you to come out. 
He wants the real you to be shown. And he's not looking for a perfect you. He's not looking for a you who's like, yeah, it's great. He doesn't want you to fake it. He doesn't want you to smile through it. It's great. It's, it's going good. Yeah, it's, it's going great. Like we've had people like that. How's it going? Great. Never better. And like, they're just like, are you sure? You look like you're gonna throw up. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. No. He wants the real you out. He's looking for a vulnerable you. He's looking for an honest you. He's okay with you saying that, you know what, this is painful. This is tough. Yeah, I don't like talking about what happened, but I'm glad God's with me in it. I'm glad that I'm not alone. I'm glad that I'm not doing this on my own. Yes, maybe before Jesus, I did all these things, but now I can see what Jesus is gonna do through these things. That yes, this, I, that's the real me. This is the real me, the me you get in church and outside of church. And that's what God wants to produce. He wants you to know that in suffering, you'll be the same in joy. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning, even if you respond a way that may not be Christian. Ah, you say some words. This blanking stinks. I wanted to say another word, but I saw kids in here. <laughs> but that's the reality. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's saying, but he's also saying, I'm with you. I know this isn't great. I know this is hard. And when we allow God to be with us through our pain, our real self will always come out. Because we know it's not about us, but it's what God can do through us. That there's times that you will look joyful. You'll look a little crazy. Like when you've gone through some stuff with Jesus and bad things happen and you're smiling, they're like, what's going on? What's, what is it? What's happening? You're like, no, God must be up to something. That's, what, that, that's the character that God wants to produce in you. That even in pain, you can be smiling because you're like, God's gonna do something great in this. It's, the, it's what I, I call it the what you're smoking kind of smile. Like, what, whoa, whoa, what are you, what are you smoking? What, what's going on at that church you're going to? I've heard some weird stuff, but like, are, are they giving you stuff? Be honest. With you. I mean, that's the kind of joy that, that doesn't make sense. That's the kind of character that God wants to produce in you. You go, yeah, this doesn't make sense. But man, I'm excited to see what God's going to do in it. I'm excited what God's going to do through me. I'm excited what's going to happen this, even though it's hard, even though it doesn't make sense. God wants to be with you in all things. James 5.13 says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. What I love about that scripture is it's saying, you know what? No matter what's going on in my life, I'm always going to God. I'm going to God with the good. I'm going to God with the bad. I'm going to God with the ugly, with the doesn't make sense, with the things I want to forget, the things I want to turn away from. And it doesn't matter that situation because I still will go to him no matter what. That is the posture and the position God wants you to have with your pain. He doesn't want you to try to hide it or forget it. He wants you to surface it and, and give it to him and surrender it to him and see what he can make out of it. And when, we, when he produces the perseverance and the character, number three says that we'll have the platform of hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Why do we have hope? Because we have him. 
We've been justified. We've been made right with God. And even though we may not see the end of our pain, even though we may not see the answer to our problem, even though we might be in the middle of it, God's saying, I I still have hope for you. I still have a plan and a future for you. And I know this is hard, but bring me in it. Let me be a part of everything you do. Just like Psalms 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's interesting. I, I had an opportunity to possibly see the landscape in Israel where they think is the valley of shadow of death. And can I tell you, even getting there was scary. Like when your tour guide says, hey, by the way, um, there might be some sketchy people. So like maybe just hide your stuff. I'm like, what? And then, and then he says, oh, and by the way, if there's someone selling stuff, maybe buy things so they don't destroy our car. Huh? Why are we going here? And then we go and we get to one point where we could see it. And I'm looking and, I'm, and like my dad, my dad goes, can we go down there? And he was like, no, <laughs> we'll die. Like it's, and so, it, but what you see in this valley, it's, it's dark and it's scary. And there are these caves that people would sometimes hide in, he would say, and jump out. And it's saying, even though I'm in it, even though I'm in the bottom of it and everything seems dark and everything seems scary and every, and every moment and every step I take, it seems like there's no hope. I won't fear though, because I'm not alone. He's with me. And it says his rod and his staff will comfort me, meaning he will, he will guide and he will protect me even when it looks scary. I have hope in my pain because he is with me. And I love that the scripture says that our hope shouldn't bring us to shame. Meaning there's times that our pain will happen and we had nothing to do with it. Yes, I know the consequences of sins. We have certain things that we have to deal with, but there's times that you did nothing and pain will come. Why do I know that? Because we see in the book of Job. When Satan comes and says, I want to attack someone, God says, have you considered my servant Job? Which is a crazy exchange. Like, what about my homie Job? Have you, have you messed with him yet? It says he was blameless and the devil still attacked him. So even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't have an answer, even when, let's be honest, the old phrase, when God shuts the door, he must open a window, even when that doesn't work, which by the way, you don't have to say that all the time. It's okay as believers, when someone's like, why am I going through this? You just go, I don't know. Like they'd rather hear that than say, well, maybe God's shutting a door so you can open a window. Why would someone want to walk through the window? Like, (laughs) all right, God, (laughs) I'm going to look like I'm robbing the place. Like what? I just, anyways, I just, I don't even know if I'm saying that phrase right. I might be saying it wrong, but I've heard it a couple times. But even when all that doesn't make sense, even when all that doesn't work, Here's what I love. God says, I'm there. And I'm going to pour my love into you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, God doesn't want you to do it on your own. He's not proud of you. He's not going to pat you on the back because you're like, yes, this sucks. Oh, I said the word, sorry. Yes, this stinks, but I'm, I'm getting through, God. I hope you're proud of me. He's like, no, I want to be with you in it. I want to help you and I want to guide you. I want to close with this. So um, about nine years ago, uh, 
when Kennedy was about four, which is crazy, she's 13 now. It's, I have a teenager in my house. And it shows, whoo, <laughs> teenagers, <laughs> there's something. But when she was about four years old, Shelby and I were like, you know what, I think it's time to have another baby. When we were dating, we actually said, you know, how many kids do you want? And she said two, and I was like, me too, two and through, yeah. You know, it was, it was a great thing. So we were like, all right, now it's time to have baby number two. And it was interesting that when we were in the process of having a baby, we were met with a few surprises. The first surprise was we got pregnant. But then we were surprised with, at 13 weeks, the baby's heart stopped beating and we had a miscarriage. But then we got pregnant again. And we're surprised that we weren't pregnant with one, but two, two and through, not a possibility anymore. So we were gonna have twins, like, whoa, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm... <laughs> and then at the delivery, we had a boy, we had a girl, and then we were surprised because we didn't know that Logan was gonna have Down syndrome. And I, I, I wasn't prepared for this. In fact, the first thing I said when they diagnosed with Down syndrome is I said, he's gonna live with us forever, which is, I don't know why I said that. Honestly, right now, I'd be fine with him living with me forever. Like he's, he's funny and I love him and, and uh, yeah, let's live together forever. But, I, but that was my first response, please forgive me. And I remember texting everyone going like, pray that they're wrong, pray that there's an oopsie. Pray for an oopsie that they like the doctor will come and go, is this Daryl? And I'm like, no, Dow. It's like, oh, our mistake. <laughs> Your kid's fine. Like I was praying for that. And I remember in those moments that God kind of came to me and, and said, don't pray for an error, error. Just don't settle on the diagnosis. And God was showing me that, you know what? Yes, he's going to have this diagnosis, but don't settle with the symptoms that people are going to tell you he has. And God has been faithful in some of those things. You know, he, 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 has, he doesn't have a low muscle mass like they say. He doesn't have heart problems. He was able to do things beyond what they typically said he would do. But there are also, there's some things we're still waiting for. You know, his, his vocabulary is still very, very low. He, he's not potty trained yet. There's cer certain things that we then had to go th through even back then that like right after we got out of the hospital, we had to put him back in the hospital because he had problems breathing and he was there for a week. And, it, and we did a lot of praying and a lot of believing. In fact, there was one night, the last night we were there, I was praying like Pentecostal praying, like just hands over him, just going, breathe life, breathe breath. And he, and he was gone the next day. And I, I'm so glad that God did that. And so when we get back home, we're trying to figure out life with three kids, we're outnumbered and one of them has special needs. And I get a phone call from a, a family friend someone who's kind of been in my life for most of my life. And, um, and she's just calling to check up on me and check up on, you know, Shelby and, and the twins. And I remember in her, just her concern, which I don't want this to come off like I'm villainizing her, I'm not. But she was just concerned. She, she had moments like I did with the, he'll live with us forever. And I remember her asking, does he still have Down syndrome? Like she was probably thinking the you know, same thing I was, you know, like they're like, you know, oops, wrong room. <laughs> Happens four times a day. Like, you know, she was probably hoping for that too. And I said, yes, he, he still has it. He still has a Down syndrome, but we're believing God's told us not to settle and we're not settling. And then we're talking and she has this moment. And again, I'm not villainizing her, but in her vulnerability, she just stops and goes, why did God do this to you? Why did he do it to your sisters? She knew my sisters and my sisters have crazy past. She even said, you know, they've done a lot of messed up stuff. Like 
God should have given them a kid down syndrome. Why did he give you a kid with down syndrome? I remember my response and I'm still my response. I just answered back because God knew I could handle it. Now, not because I'm better or I'm stronger or I'm wiser or I have a better history. No, God knew I could handle it because he knew I wouldn't do it without him. When we found out he was diagnosed after me saying the dumb thing of he'll live with us forever, I prayed. I went to God, I asked other people who pray to go to God. Every time there's something that comes up, we pray, we go to God. Every time we, we, want, we, we feel like we're gonna lose hope, we pray, we go to God. We're constantly going to God in all of these things. And I know for some of you, you have pain that is even greater than that. And God wants your story, he wants your testimony to be, yes, I have done this. Yes, this has happened to me. Yes, I've been abused. Yes, I've been raped. Yes, all these things have happened and I'm ashamed of it and I don't like talking about it, but I know God's gonna do something in it and God's gonna give me a story and a testimony that's not just gonna transform my life, but it's gonna transform other lives. Yes, this is painful, but I'm bringing this to the platform because God wants others to see it. Not so that they'll feel bad for me, not so that they'll rub my back and go, it's gonna be okay, but they're gonna go, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that thought that way. I thought I was the only one that went through that. I thought I was the only one that was abused. I thought I was the only one. But I look at you and your story and you're still lifting your hands in worship. You're still smiling. You're still amening. You're still reading your Bible. You're still going after Jesus. So if you can do it, why can't I do it? And I, and I can tell you that God wants your pain to come to the surface. He wants you to go into your suffering and he, because he's with you. And he wants to give you perseverance to handle it and character to reveal it and hope that he'll make a way because he loves you beyond measure. And when you give your pain a platform in your story, it will show the power of God to more people than you realize. Can I tell you, there will be more people who will give their life to Jesus, not because you invited them to this place, but because you told them your story and you told them their pain and you gave them the solution to why you're smiling. It's not because you're numb. It's not because you're ignoring it. It's because you're saying, yes, this happened, but Jesus is living and moving through me and he's given me strength I didn't think I had. He's given me wisdom I didn't think was possible. He's given me the endurance to walk through it and, and live out of it and make it a part of my story that people go, if he can do it in you, then surely he can do it in me. And then after that, it's easy. After that, you can be like, oh, uh, okay, um, can I pray with you? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it might feel like that. All right, Jesus, I pray that you would give them, they give their life to you. Can you do that? Can you give their life to them? Yeah, oh, you know, it might be like that. It might be this awkward thing you do at lunch. I don't know. But I can tell you when they hear your story, of not how you're dealing with it, but you're going through it, they're gonna want with you, what you have. Can I pray with you? So salvation, it needs to be your therefore. It honestly needs to be the thing that you bring with you to make your pain your platform. What it is is believing that Jesus came and he, did, he wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a good healer 
but He lived a sinless life. The sinless life that we needed so that He could go to the cross and be that sacrifice for us so that the wages of sin is no longer death for us. But He didn't just do that. The Bible says that He rose from the dead and defeated death. So it was more than a sacrifice. It's something that we can have for the rest of our lives. And Jesus is never gonna force himself on you. He wants a relationship with you. And that's why salvation is just a moment for us to say, I wanna welcome you in and to be my Lord and my Savior. So if that's you with no one looking around, why do I do that? Because I want you to have a one-on-one moment with God. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know, I've, I've heard of Jesus. I've, I've been told about Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Like he's not in my life. He's not the center of my life. And I wanna make him my Lord and Savior. Lord, meaning I wanna give him control that I realize I've done so much my way, I wanna start doing things his way. And Savior meaning that I'm not bound by my sin and shame anymore. I am a new creation in him. If that's you, we're gonna do one of two things. I'm just gonna have you in a moment, just raise your hand and look at me. And then we're gonna say a simple prayer together. So if that's you, you've never done that. And you want more than just a belief, you want a relationship. Can I just have you lift your hand, look at me real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. I miss anyone. Oh, thank you. Back here. Awesome. Can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life, all my life, for you to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time, we wanna help you on what we call our Jesus journey. So if you could just scan that QR code in your seat front pocket or on the screen here and just check that you're choosing to follow Jesus. We wanna help you get from where you are to where God wants to to be. We wanna give you a Bible. You can grab one on your way out. You can go to the Welcome Center, get one of our devotionals. We'd love you to start praying to God, talking to him about all things at all times. We also would love for you to find a church. And if this isn't the church for you, we say we're a church for anybody, but not everybody. But if you wanna make this your church, you wanna get further involved in it, we'd love for you to go to our Exchange Lounge, which is by the Exchange Coffee House. And we're gonna have some people there that would love to connect with you and see how you can get connected more here at Life Church. Can I have you can I have you bow your heads real quick? I want to pray with you one more time. Maybe you're here and you're saying you're our Jesus person, but man, I'm dealing with pain. Pain that I didn't think I could handle on my own. Pain that I realized that I've been trying to do on my own. It's just getting me nowhere. And I want to bring God in with me so that he'll help me get through my pain and make my pain my platform. If that's you, can have you have, just lift your hands real quick so I can pray with you. So Lord, I pray for these brave hands who are just being real and honest with you, saying, God, I don't wanna do this on my own anymore. I don't wanna try to settle this or handle this on my own, Lord. I wanna give it to you because I know you can do all things. So Lord, I pray that there's gonna be some great stories and testimonies that are gonna come out of this because they surrendered it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast. Chew on that. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.